Good morning and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join in on the phone, online, or via a text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. Well, hi there, and good morning. Welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts, News Talk 1400 DWS, and it will be a fast show today, for me anyway. I have an hour from 9 until 10, and then we will be joined by Paul Rudy and On the Money, and uh, Dr. Gertz and others usually in attendance there from uh, Paul Rudy and the group on On the Money coming up in the 10 o'clock hour today. So we'll do an open line here today in this first hour Tomorrow, we'll do a lot of digging a little more into what's happening in the schools uh, as far as masking and which school districts are doing what. Jeff D'Alessio will join us for that. He's been keeping an eye on that and the newsroom staff of the News Gazette. So we'll do that a little more in detail tomorrow. Had a lot of talk about masking yesterday and vaccination uh, and tying those two together. A lot of texts and emails that came in at the very end of the show that were fairly lengthy. So... Uh, I'm going to read those here and get those uh, in here at the top of this show today. Uh, And then uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Olympics. Don't know if you uh, stayed up last night or watched the swimming. Uh, And I've told you I love the swimming and I love the track and field. But And there's other sports, too, that are going on. But uh, they had a um, big winner last night, Lydia Jacoby from Alaska. Alaska had not produced an Olympic swimmer, much less a medalist, and she won gold at 17 in an event where she was in the race, but nobody really paid any attention to her at the beginning, and she winds up winning it. So we'll talk about that a little bit. One of those things that makes the Olympics what I love about the Olympics anyway, I just think it's fantastic. I mean, it's somebody nobody was talking about, and uh, she wins it. So we'll get into that. The hearings on uh, January 6th underway in D.C. They've got some Capitol officers testifying a uh, sergeant is up there at the moment and that'll be going on all day i'm sure so some coverage on the networks on that Uh, cbs has been leading with that Uh, flight and teachers unions when it comes to masking uh, some discussion on that infrastructure talks in dc hitting a snag or two along the way Uh, there's been some fuel issues at airports i don't know if you've heard about this I saw that, uh, came across that today. Here locally, housing officials at the University of Illinois get ready for 7,700 freshmen getting ready to uh, move to campus. What are the vaccine uh, rules for hospitals here locally in our area? That's been covered by our newsroom. We'll touch on that. Uh, Was at the quarterback club outing yesterday, golf outing down in Savoy. Beautiful day for it. I think they had 26 foursomes. Down there, and the, all the coaches, and Brett Bielma was participating as well. He was uh, teeing off a shot with every group uh, on the 18th. I think he had a stretch there. He hit two or three in a row on the green. But uh, good to see Coach out there. And then they had the reception at the uh, Elks 
Club there, the lodge behind Old Orchard last night. So a lot of orange and blue there, a lot of excitement for football. And we're about a month away from that starting. And camp starts, I believe uh, Coach said they meet on Sunday and they'll start practice on Monday. So it's uh, coming up fast on us. All right, so those are some of the things we'll cover here in this first hour. If there's something you'd like to discuss, certainly you can, but uh, those are some of the things on the uh, table here today. All right, uh, 910 at Newstalk 1400 DWS, and we'll come back and get it started here, and it'll be a quick hour after this on Penny for Your Thoughts. All right, some texts and emails to get to, and then we'll get to some phone calls as well. 9-11 here at Newstalk 1400 DWS. com, the place to go. Our phone number, 217-351-4900. If you uh, are interested in uh, selling your home and selling it quickly, the guarantee offer, they say it's selling made simple. They'll close within 21 days on the seller's uh, timeline. And uh, seller in the driver's seat has been. I know the market's ever-changing, and we've talked with the folks over there about that during the course of the last few months coming out of the pandemic. Back-to-back-to-back People's Choice winner uh, the last three years. And also make sure you ask if you're uh, looking to purchase a home. And maybe you've had this experience where you see a house and you drive by a couple of days later and it's sold already. And it's like, what in the world just happened? I was coming back to look at that house. Well, uh, they can help out with that, too. The Coming Soon program is how you can get on the uh, – you can find out where those homes are and find out about them before they go on the market. So the guarantee offer and the Coming Soon program, two big highlights of the folks at Ryan Dallas Real Estate, ryandallasre.com, 217-351-4900. All right, had a lot of response yesterday and uh, did so near the end of the show in regards to – uh, vaccinations and face masking and all of that. And uh, one of our callers had mentioned, said, hey, you know, if you if you choose not to get vaccinated, well, then, you know, she wasn't going to feel sorry for you if something happened to you because that's your choice. You've made that choice. You're going to have to live with the consequences if something were to happen to you uh, being unvaccinated. And, and that spurred a lot of um, a lot of response. Uh, and then a lot of response about uh, face masks, too. And uh, Texter says, face diapers for all that think they keep you safe, wearing a mask to keep you safe from a .125 micron virus, like putting up a chain-link fence to keep a mosquito out. Uh, we read that one, I think. Uh see a pickup here where I left off. Uh, hi, Brian. I think the unvaccinated folks need to take responsibility for their actions. They should be formally offered the vaccine. If they decline, they need to sign a release form saying they refuse medical treatment in the event of their infection. And while we're at it, no more free COVID tests for anybody who refuses the vaccine. They can take responsibility and pay for the testing after they get infected. If they're so sure this whole thing is a hoax, then they need to put their own lives on the line. That is what uh, Jim says. All right, appreciate that on the uh, text line, 217-351-5357. I haven't. I'll just comment. I, I haven't found a lot. I haven't found hardly anybody that thinks it's a hoax. I mean, there are very few people that think that. I think it more has to do with what the government can and can what can and cannot tell you to do. I think that's the you know where most people are in this whole debate. And you know, do you 
um, stop your lives? Do we shut everything down? Do you, you know, which is what we did for several months, <laughs> 15 months or whatever it was. Uh, or do you manage it? Or do you try to get through it and you go on with your life? You take precautions. You play it smart. You do what you need to do. But you don't just shut everything down, you know, out of a fear of a virus. Now, back in the early days of this, we've been over this before, in the early days of the virus, nobody knew what to expect. They didn't. We didn't know. Now I think we've got a lot of better, hand, better handle on it as we watch it and move forward. Uh, texter says, someone should explain to that uh, caller about personal freedom. She obviously doesn't read the government info on infections of vaccinated people and vaccine side effects. A vaccinated person can be infected from another vaccinated person as well as unvaccinated. And I agree with Mass. They did no good to start with, and it's well documented the detrimental effects. This listener says, and ask the experts, there's no test for the Delta or other variant that's commonly available. It takes specific genomic sequencing to try to separate it from the regular flu and COVID. A continuing sham to continue the fear-mongering. That's on the, uh, the text line. Let's see, I'm reading here. There's no test for the Delta or other variant. Well, I can tell you when I had COVID, they let me know that it was the British variant. Now, I don't know. They were just testing for COVID, and then it came across that it was a different variant. So I'm just telling you my own experience on that. Uh, Hi, Brian. I'd like to address Jane's comments. I'm sorry she's blind to the truth. Many of those who are not vaccinated have had COVID and now have antibodies. Those antibodies are far more reliable in protecting against the virus than the vaccine, yet people aren't being tested for antibodies. Why is that? The survival rate of COVID is still 98-99%. Those dying from the effects of the vaccine is the largest group of deaths of any vaccines ever, and yet this vaccine has not been halted. Uh, Many people are not willing to be guinea pigs and part of the test group for this experimental vaccine. It's your choice. Thankfully, we still have a choice. And they say, I guess they're addressing Jane. I hope your eyes become open to the truth and you stop. Uh, don't be hateful to people to make a choice that is different from yours. All right. Uh, and again, let's see here. <clears throat> Another texter said, no one has mentioned the kids, I'm assuming from Mexico and are coming up from Central America, that are being dropped all over the USA could be in part cause of the uptick of COVID-19. And please read on air. Anyone who says they won't wear a mask, even if vaccinated, is continuing to contribute to the problem and spike in the virus and is completely selfish to not abide by mask rules. All right. And one in today, it says, I'm confused by the university's approach to requiring a COVID vaccine. The new students will be offered one if they arrive unvaccinated, question mark. So that's not really a requirement. It's still a choice, and that doesn't make a lot of sense to me this uh, listener says. All right. Uh, Let's see if there's anything else here. Uh, Somebody asked, I missed what you said about stadium capacity. Could you please repeat? From what I understand, it's full capacity at Memorial Stadium. Somebody was asking about if it's how many people are going to be allowed in the stadium this year. From what I understand and what I heard was it's full capacity. They announced that at the time we went to phase five. All right, uh, 918 at uh, News Talk 1400 DWS. Let's go to the phones here to Tiny. How you doing, sir? Good morning. Good morning. I hate to call two days hand running here, but uh, 
the News Gazette forced me to call. Okay. They had a full they had a full page on uh, interviewing people that uh, what they thought we needed for a chief of police in Champaign. Now, I know I'm from Urbana, but Champaign-Urbana, as I've said before, is one town. Anybody that's lived here over lives knows that. What happens in Champaign happens in Urbana. We have a crime like we've never had before. It's a Russian roulette when you get out of bed in the morning and start walking around. And the rest of the day, you can get shot anywhere. All of the people in that in the news gazette in that in their article and their pictures, uh, they most of them talked about diversity, 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 diversity. Every you know that this is great. Well, what they meant was they wanted a black chief. Diversity had nothing to do. That's their code word. Well, that's great. What if I'm going to remodel my house and I'm going to do trim work in my house and I'm out here looking for a carpenter? Am I going to look for diversity or am I going to look for the best trimmer? I want to, I don't care what color he is. And I, believe me, I don't care what color he is. I've worked around too many blacks. They know that. I'm getting sick of this diversity. What we want is a law enforcement officer. We want an officer that says, I want to enforce the law. We also want a guy that's about 30 to 40 years, 35, 40 years old, preferably about 35. We want a guy that's young and full of it and ready to go. We want a good, honest guy. We want a guy that's educated. We want a guy that knows what's going on. We don't care what color it is. We just had a black chief. And I didn't hear anybody uh, white or black whining about he was black. They liked him. Everybody loved him. They didn't like him. They loved him. So did I. Why wouldn't you? He, he was a competent chief of police. He wanted, to, he wanted to enforce the law, but he couldn't because he was handcuffed by the people on the city council and the mayor and the, and the city manager. This is not right. We need to get out here and hire somebody. Quit this fooling around, whining around about what color or what, what sex they are. Let's get the best. Best thing we can put in here and somebody that says when they hire him, I'm for law and order. I've said that twice now. and I, I, I'm getting sick of this baloney. This, this, all of this uh, worrying about what what color they are hmm. we're we're all we're all alike what get get over it um i can't imagine news gazette putting that that whole page in there of all these different people and none of them had brains enough to to wake up and say hey these guys aren't shooting bb guns or they aren't shooting paint pellets they're shooting pellets they're shooting a hundred bullets out here at one spot Mm-hmm. And, and those are all strays. These guys, uh, they couldn't they shoot, couldn't shoot a fish in a barrel. Uh, and here we are, everybody. I'm laying in bed or whatever. It's just like it's been here for fifty years or sixty years. It's the same old story, but now it's worse, worse, worse. I'm I'm sorry, uh, Brian. Uh, I'm not talking about the. Uh, 
COVID, uh, I'm talking about what we need to address to uh, get things back to, and this business of turning uh, people loose that are, it's like the chief of police in, uh, in Chicago this morning just blowed up on television talking about all of the vibes that the murderers are turning loose out here committing crimes, and it's tough for the police to keep things under control. Yeah. And everything I've said, I believe, is accurate. I don't believe I'm wrong. All right, thank sir. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you, Tiny. All right, 217-356-9397. There has been a lot of frustration. I've seen different uh, police chiefs uh, in Chicago and big cities, too, expressing that you know, frustration, and I know policemen in general. And, again, I've known several over the years that are friends of mine or different ones that work in that profession have um, talked about how frustrating it can be, um, you know. And, and But you got to, again, a lot of it, I know locally, I don't know what the percentage would be, but a lot of it has to do with you can't get, and Julia Reitz has talked about this, you can't get people to tell you what they've seen. And if you're a prosecutor, whether you're here or whether you're in Cook County or Winnebago County or whatever, if you can't get people to give you the evidence that you need because they, they don't, they're scared, they're scared to provide any information because they fear retaliation, to get what you need in front of a jury to convict somebody, if you don't have it, you can't convict them. That's the way the system works. And it is frustrating because police spend a lot of time making the arrest, doing the interviews, trying to find out, trying to get the evidence. And if people don't cooperate, you're stuck. Anthony Cobb talked about that. You know, in a recent shooting, he was like, you know, people, you've, they've got to help us. You've got to help us get the information. And I know he was frustrated about it. So um, everybody's expressed that same frustration that he just talked about. All right. Uh, hi, Brian. Could you give the name of the gluten-free bakery again, please? We talked about that yesterday with uh, Regina Johnson. Uh, yes, it is Reg Cakes. R-E-G Cakes for Regina. Reg Cakes in uh, Lincoln Square Mall. And uh, they're having their grand opening on Thursday. 217-356-9397. We had Regina on late in the show yesterday. 925, a quick break. We'll relive a great Olympic moment. I love the Olympics for this reason, what happened last night. When someone who you've never heard of comes out of nowhere to beat a favorite that everybody knew in the swimming world. Anyway, back in a moment. Nine twenty-eight at News Talk fourteen hundred DWS. A lot of people get married in the summertime, as you know. Before you say "I do," you should discuss with your fiance your financial history. Before you merge your money, sit down and discuss your financial history. Make a list of individual assets or loans or debt. Discuss earnings and additional sources of income. Money can trip you up at any point, especially when you marry somebody. Well, you got to make sure you're on the same page. Budgeting and bank accounts, agree on a system of budgeting and paying bills. Who's going to do that? You're going to divide it equally. Uh, your financial future, make a list of short and long-term financial goals. Where do you see yourself next year or five years from now? And resolve outstanding credit and debt issues. Get a free credit report consultation from the folks at Busey. When you're just starting out, Busey can provide an array of solutions tailored to your specific needs. Keep and manage all your accounts in one place. Five lines of business, personal, mortgage, commercial, 
cash management, and wealth management. No matter your stage in life, Busey will be with you there along the way. Visit Busey.com or stop by one of their convenient locations for solutions to your personal business and wealth management needs. Busey Bank, one of our sponsors here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. I don't know if you knew how many freshmen are coming to the University of Illinois. 7,700. A record. Housing officials at the U of I preparing for the influx. Talking about how to keep everyone's COVID safe in the dorms. Move-in week starts August 15th. We're getting close to that. Students will again check in first at State Farm Center. Unvaccinated students will have to do a COVID spit test. And then they'll be offered a COVID vaccine. Students can also, again, pay $40 to deliver items to their room in advance. These are for the uh, freshmen, I guess, and for the students. Elsewhere, new student convocation and quad day will be back in person this year. The commencement ceremony expected back at Memorial Stadium in May. So you can read about all of that in the News Gazette today about the University of Illinois. And uh, congratulations, the uh, Visit Champaign County folks. And on uh, Thursday, by the way, Carla Flannery, the Illinois State Tourism Director, is going to be in town speaking this week at the uh, Toast to Tourism. Uh, We'll visit with her for a few minutes on Thursday. But the uh, winner, another winner of a Tourism Impact Award from Visit Champaign County, Mays. My wife loves that place. Mays Mexican Grill. More on that in the uh, News Gazette. Some of the other... Winners included CBPB Popcorn Shop, Rantoul Family Sports Complex, uh, the Middle Fork uh, River Forest Preserve, Dark Sky Park, and Marie DeBello, the first CEO of CU Convention and Visitors Bureau, the forerunner to visit Champaign County. So those are some of the um, things and honors handed out, Tourism Impact Awards. So congratulations to those folks. All right. We've got uh, On the Money coming up after the news at 10. We'll get into masks some more tomorrow in particular. And here's Michael Kaiser with a news update here on DWS. Thirty-six on this Tuesday with you until ten. We'll have Paul Rudy on the money just after the news at ten. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven is our number. Text line two one seven three five one five three five seven. That's been pretty busy already. And you can email us talk at wdws.com. You mentioned the uh, Texas and Oklahoma making their first formal steps toward joining the SEC and leaving the Big Twelve. Uh, they took those first steps. I guess said they're they're not. Uh, let's see. What is the official statement? Joint statement from Texas and Oklahoma. University of Texas at Austin. University of Oklahoma notified the Big Twelve they will not be renewing their grants of media rights following expiration in 2025. Officially, OU and Texas and those two schools, uh, by the way, do not like each other. <laughs> in case you've never lived in that part of the country. And I have. They do not like each other. All right? 
uh, began the first official steps in a process, but they have to apply to be considered by the SEC. The SEC expected to draft a membership agreement and have conversations with its television partners, which will be ESPN alone come 2024. Barring some type of legislative or governmental uh, Hail Mary, this is expected to sail through. There's still some concern, according to sources, that Texas A&M, which also doesn't like Texas very much, can muster the voting capital to object to the move. With the SEC's most powerful brands ready to embrace the move, mostly for the payoff jackpot after the 2033 season, the league's have-nots have little interest in getting in the way of the Blue Bloods' financial goals. It doesn't behoove Vanderbilt or Missouri to get in the way of Alabama or Florida in the boardroom. As the have-not schools are still getting paid the same amount for drastically different performance histories. Behind the scenes, they say, Oklahoma and Texas are telling everyone possible they'll play out the remaining portion of their TV contract through 2024. The waving of arms to get across that point is viewed more as legal strategy than reality. And there's also some financial cost and financial stuff involved when it comes to leaving a conference and joining the other. Uh, the Big 12 Executive Committee met with officials from Oklahoma and Texas on Sunday night. The meeting was more formality than anything. OU and Texas declined to detail how long they've been exploring the SEC. That's another wise legal move. The Big 12 wanted to gauge their openness to ideas going forward, but one source said OU and Texas kept things tight with an attitude of we're here to listen. And as the move becomes formalized this week, the ripples will continue to reverberate around the sport. The Big 12 remaining eight programs have to figure out, and of course there's only 10 teams in the Big 12. You have to remember that. The other three major conferences, all of which have relatively new and inexperienced uh, or new commissioners and inexperienced as well on the job just because they haven't been there very long, are plotting moves to answer the SEC. Jimmy Phillips, by the way, is new to the ACC, but of course he's been uh, well involved in athletics, and uh, Kevin Warren's been around athletics a while too in different uh, capacities. And uh, Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby attempted to move the conversation forward, talked about his disappointment, went on to talk about student-athletes. So I don't know. Uh, We're going to wind up with two conferences with 25 teams each. I don't know. (laughs) Down the road, but... Uh, the college football world is changing. And I, you know, I've talked about this. I love uh, to watch different storylines in the Olympics. And uh, everybody, and what I also love is when the um, media gets so focused on one particular uh, person. And of course, they covered Mike Phelps, Michael Phelps extensively during, and well deserved. But there was always all the attention in the 100 meter breaststroke was Lily King, who's. Swam at uh, swam before swam at uh, Indiana University in Bloomington has been dominant in her sport, and all of the talk was, well, how big is she going to win by in the 100 meter breaststroke last night in the fa- in the finale? There was another lady from uh, South Africa who edged her, I think, in the uh, qualifying at this, or at least in the semifinals, it was the number one seed, if you will, and they always put the the top seeds in the middle of the pool. And then you've got the others with their slightly slower times, and they're all pretty fast in lanes one or eight or two or three, whatever the case may be. Well, in lane three was Lydia Jacoby, who was a 17-year-old 
bass playing, bluegrass singing Alaskan who 18 months ago they talked about coming to the Olympics on family vacation. She winds up stunning the reigning gold medalist Lily King in the 100-meter breaststroke. Alaska had never had an Olympic swimmer, much less an Olympic champion. Uh, Jacoby, the daughter of boat captains, who put her in swimming at age six in the 3,000-person port city, not to produce an Olympian, but simply to ensure Lydia's safety around the water. Alaska, after all, had never produced an Olympic swimmer, much less a champion. Jacoby, until last month, had never had access to an Olympic-length pool. She was unknown to most in international circles. She was known at Seward High School, Seward, Alaska, as a, a musician, but also a, you know, a good athlete. At the midway point of her sophomore year, Jacoby was nowhere near King's World leading times. And uh, that's why her parents planned a trip to Tokyo for the Olympics prior to COVID. And then, uh, then she started doing some training in the pools that she had available to her. Her personal best was 108.12. She chipped away at it in Anchorage last summer, training uh, twice per day for the first time in her life. She lowered it to 105.2 at the U.S. Olympic trials in June, qualifying for the team all of a sudden behind King, who remained a seemingly untouchable favorite. Calls and texts just blasted Jacoby's phone that night so much she had to turn it off. At the Olympics, though, surely it seemed a bridge too far for King, uh, or for uh, Jacoby. King, when not disqualified, had not lost this race in a long time and set the world championships in 2017. Uh, Schoenmaker, the South African, then beat uh, Lily King by .33 seconds during the top seat in Tuesday's final. And then along came Jacoby, a University of Texas commit, who few considered a real contender. And last night on TV, NBC will get the credit for this, and one of my favorites, Dan Hicks and uh, Rowdy Gaines on the call, as they're all talking about they had a whole feature on Lily King, and she's a great swimmer, nothing wrong with that. All the focus was on King, and by the end of the race, it's like, oh my goodness, look who's about to win. And here's how it sounded last night. Trying to be the first woman to win back-to-back -back Olympic golds in this event. Thank you, Lars. One thing that Lily King has for her is she has had to, in the past in the United States, swim fast in the morning. Remember her morning here in Tokyo. So she's used to that something Schoonmacher is not. And King is also used to going out in just daring the field to try to track her down and no one has been able to do it once she's gotten out front. So there is King in the yellow lane line below Schoonmacher. And it looks like King, well, here comes Schoonmacher with a nice little burst there, has a three-tenths lead over King Jacoby, three-tenths back at about the same position as a teammate. Boy, Schoonmacher went hard into that wall. She really built that 50 now, and now King is going to have to come off the pace here. King is behind, Schoonmacher is above her in lane four with a slight lead, and then you've got Jacoby, Jacoby up there in lane three, challenging, challenging Schoonmacher, we've got 10 meters left, Lydia Jacoby, the 17-year-old from Alaska, is putting on the surge of her career, and Lydia Jacoby is going to win gold for the United States. King was third.
Schumacher with a silver. But Alaska has an Olympic gold medalist. I don't know if you uh, saw the video. If you've seen it, it's probably gone viral. But the uh, her classmates in Seward, Alaska, were just going absolutely bananas. I mean, they were going crazy, and it was just great. And those are the things, to me, that make the Olympics. I mean, somebody just coming out of nowhere. Nobody knew anything about her other than she made the team, which is an accomplishment in itself. And then she pulls off the stunner. I mean, that is just that is awesome. All right, 946. Uh, we'll take a quick break, come back with some more here, some more texts and emails, some calls as well. Back in a moment. On a penny for your thoughts, News Talk 1400 DWS. We join you here on this Tuesday. We'll get into more of the mask discussion tomorrow. In addition, talk about all the schools, what they're doing, different school districts doing different things. And uh, also the new uh, Champaign Unit 4 superintendent will be joining us in early August. I think we've set that up for August 9th. So we'll talk to her and we'll work on uh, some more as we go along here on Penny for Your Thoughts. All right, uh, Tiny mentioned uh, hiring the best person. Uh, texter responded to that said, if you need a brain surgeon for an operation, how would you select one? If you researched every one you could find and found the best one, would you not select them because they were black, female, Middle Eastern, gay, or unvaccinated? Well, I think the question answers itself. Obviously, you pick the best person, right? That makes sense. Uh, where is the hearing on when Antifa and BLM attacked Senator Paul and others at the White House during a fundraising event during the Republican convention several years ago? The president and first lady were taken to the bunker in fear of their well-being by Secret Service officers. Many Secret Service officers were injured by these, quote, peaceful protesters. No hearings on those, but that stormed the federal courthouse in Portland, which was under siege for weeks by peaceful protesters trying to burn it down. Many federal and local police were injured there. We still don't know the officer that shot and killed the unarmed lady in the Capitol. That will never be brought up. Talking about the hearings going on currently on Washington in Washington D.C. and you'll hear more about this from CBS at the top here in about ten minutes. It's a witch hunt by Pelosi and her minions, an armed insurrection? Question mark. No guns found on anyone there, but all the firearms that were found in the riots. No charges filed. Double standards, a listener says. All right, nine fifty at News Talk fourteen hundred DWS, and let's go to Mark. Hey, good morning, Brian. Good morning. Uh, you know, there's so many things to talk about, and that was a good lead-in right there where you talk about uh, the rule of law not really existing anymore in this country. Um, it's plain as day. I, I wonder how many people understand that we as a people are being warred upon by so many entities, which we call the deep state. They're ushering in world government. They're taking away America's sovereignty, and they're doing it on so many different battlefronts, but it all adds up to one thing, and that is an outright attack against American citizens, especially if you're white, which is, by the way, the majority. I mean, this whole white supremacy thing, give me a break. It doesn't exist in the context that they want to make it appear to exist. You know, the, the, they stole the election. It's, it's been proven. 
And now we have this COVID that has killed a handful of people, if you knew the truth. But the vaccine, on the other hand, appears to have killed somewhere around 45,000 people, and that number is being suppressed. There is a uh, computer programmer who has made a living for over 25 years in the healthcare data analytics field, and he looks for fraud through algorithms, and he's got 100 different healthcare algorithms that he was involved with, both public and private. And he got to investigating the uh, Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System database. And as a professional, he's stating that it's underreported by a factor of five. They're stating 9,000 deaths of the 1st of July. And he's saying that number is probably 45,000. And he did this, uh, he declared that, Basically, I declare the penalty of perjury under the laws of the United States of America that the foregoing is true and correct. So he signed his name off on this, his uh, data collection. I know three people, one in Gifford, one in Urbana, who died suddenly, unexpectedly. Both had this shot. I know a man in Bloomington had the shot, and all of a sudden he's got blood clots, his arms, legs, foot's all swollen up. I don't know if he's still alive. I haven't been able to reach him in 10 days. So to say that the vaccine is good is ignoring the data. The the man who created the mRNA said this should not be given to people and was adamant about it. And 80% of the current COVID cases out of Israel are from people who have had the shot. I mean, the data is being suppressed by everybody that's in the mainstream media. And MIT did a study back in March and it said, COVID-19 skeptics are highly informed on the data. That's an MIT study. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Let's go to John. Hi, John. Hey, good morning, Brian. Good morning. You know, I just want to say something. Black people, we need to start telling who these little thugs are that's doing the killing. White people, stop this. If you look at Antifa, those were white people tearing up everything. What is the white rage about? When we get on the air and we start putting this stuff out there, it's going crazy. I volunteered to take the shot. I'm still here. I'm doing good. We got to stop this. This this, this stuff and Marxist, communist, and stupidity is, we got to stop this. I mean, are we Americans or are we just clowns? We got to stop this stuff. This is stupid. We either going to work together or we going to fall apart in America. This is crazy, putting this stuff out like this. What is the white rage? Back in the day, oh, here come all the, the black people. They're armed to the T. And find out there were no black people there. Black people were the one that was getting killed. You want to know what critical race theory is? Today is the anniversary of the Chicago riots back in 1919. Because one black man walked on the beach, and they burned the town completely almost down. Stop this. Stop this. we got to stop this. That's all i got to say, Brian. Hey, thank you, John. Take care. Yep, yes, sir. Good to hear from you. 217-356-9397 is our uh, number. Let's see here if there's anything else on the uh, text line here that comes in. I don't see anything at the moment. All right, 217-351-5357. 
Beefhouserolls.com is where you can go for information on all that's happening at the Beef House, whether it's the menu or, and I've had a couple people tell me they went to the hop into the Unchained Melodies uh, on our recommendation, and they said they loved it. The uh, food was great. The, um, uh, the shows were great. Uh, they weren't sure. You know, they thought, well, we'll check it out, and they loved it. So they do a great job over there at the Beef House with those shows at the uh, dinner theater. But uh, you can go to BeefHouseRules.com, and you can learn about uh, the different shows. You can learn about what's on the menu. If you have somebody uh, in town for, we mentioned weddings earlier, maybe you've got somebody in town for a wedding that you would like to uh, take somewhere for dinner, take somewhere nice, and you go, hey, we'll just make this short trip over and to uh, the Beef House in Covington, Indiana. And you can do that. Do the lunch buffet or get an entree or get dessert or eat a salad or whatever. Or just go eat the rolls, whatever you want to do. The Beef House uh, Steakhouse, Beef House uh, established in 1964. You'll see it when you walk in. And you'll smell it when you walk in, too. The aroma is terrific. The Beef House, I-74, Exit 4 in Covington, Indiana. A couple of other Olympic notes from the last day or so. Uh, the uh, Naomi Osaka, who lit the Olympic cauldron back on Friday, has been eliminated in an upset. And the uh, Russian Olympic Committee, I, every time the Russians have been up there, I see this ROC, and I'm like, what is that? What country is that? Rock. <laughs> it's the Russian Olympic Committee. Um, their uh, gymnastics team did very well, um, and I guess uh, they'll maybe talk about this more tonight on the uh, programming from Japan, Russia winning a gold in the men's gymnastics, as it turned out. And let's see, what was the other one? Oh, Bermuda wins the first ever gold medal, women's triathlon. First ever Olympic gold for Bermuda. So those are always uh, great stories as well. All right, more on all that's happening with the uh, Big 12 and what's uh, happening there on uh, Sports Talk with uh, Scott Beatty later today. Again, enjoyed the uh, quarterback club outing yesterday. Had a lot of fun. Uh, Coach, uh, he's not a bad golfer, actually. He was hitting some pretty good shots there on the the 18th tee. Don't know how he is at his short game or his uh, putting or anything like that. But uh, he was pretty good just off the tee there on that one hole. 9.58 at News Talk 1400 DWS here on a a penny for your thoughts. We'll have On the Money coming up after the news at 10 o'clock. All right. uh, I think Shirley's with us. Shirley, you got about a minute or so. Go ahead. I just want to applaud the women's volleyball team last night and the standout from Champaign, Illinois. Uh, Michelle, um, I'm not going to say her name, <laughs> uh, Barsh Hackley. Um, they were just unbelievable. My husband, st- we stayed up to almost 2 in the morning watching the volleyball team, oh, wow. USA. Great, yeah, that's and great. They really took out China last night beating them. So it was thrilling to watch her play. And another Illini player was playing for them, too. Her yeah. last name was Jordan. Yep. Yep, there's so. a few. There's a few in there. Yeah, Michelle Barch, uh, Hackley, um, Aaron Virtue, and Jordan Poulter, all involved in oh, that. Oh yeah, so, yeah, right. 
Exactly. But yeah, we couldn't sleep. And so it started and we just started watching it. And before I knew it was almost two in the morning. <laughs> so, but it was, ex- hey, my daughter goes to bed earlier. She went to bed at 1030 and her parents are staying up this late. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, good for you. Yeah, well, so we're cheering them on. But they're, they're going to go. They're going to go. It was just wonderful to see that. And yeah. anyway, so thank you. Thank again. you, Shirley. Yep, good to hear okay, from you. Okay, have a great day. You too. All right. Thank you. Uh, 959, uh, the weather comes first. WDWS Champaign-Urbana will join CBS News right after that.